Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Club Sandwich. I'm Sam. And I'm Mitch. And we are thrilled to be back here giving you another episode. So right off the bat, I'm going to explain if at any point things seem a little wonky timeline-wise, like if we're talking about things happening in a different order than they happen, it's because this is actually the first episode of this season we're recording but it will be the second episode to go up. Yeah, this is the time skip episode, like how in so many forms of media, there there is that time skip moment in a season or where you go back in time, not to the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back in time. But to, to recap something after our first episode... But yeah. it, it'll all make sense. We're talking about we're going to have a Stepsing episode, which... You should have received an explanation of what that is by this point. And listen you... to it. Yes, and <laughs> listen to it and downloaded it and shared it with all your friends and family. Um, also, just a side note, we want you to be making more friends. You guys need to socialize so you have more people to share this with. We need to expand our network so people start making some friends, start networking. And for um, no other reason, like, for some people it's hard to make friends. I get it, but now you have, like, a goal <laughs> now don't do it for yourself do it, do it for, for us, us. <laughs> once again the cult of personality strikes the end goal uh, of any friendship is telling them about your friend's podcast <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah anyway so this is the first episode of the season or already already blew it we have a talk show and i've already blown it um, you purple yeah. burglar alarmed yourself. I, purple burglar alarm. There's a clip of that just for context of like a Scottish man. Apparently it's a thing that Scottish people can't say purple burglar alarm. It's like a tongue twister, but only for their like dialect. Uh, Mitchell, do you have that like pulled up? Yeah, I do actually. Here, let me. Let me... Okay, cool. I'm stalling for um, you. There's some Scottish people that kind of say purple burglar alarm. 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 Burglar. Burglar. Purple burglar. Burglar. Yeah. <laughs> and his face is so pensive the whole time. Like, he just yeah. cannot do it. So, anyway, that's that's that. Um, well, we have just gotten back from a very long break uh, between seasons two and three. We had this crazy little holiday called Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we talked about already. Yeah, we did. So we won't bore you to death with that. We'll. Uh, that was more of a preemptive Christmas thing. So now we've got a. Now that they know post. what Christmas is. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've explained what Christmas is. Um, so Mitchell, how was your break, man? Would you? Did you get anything cool for Christmas? Did you do anything cool? My break was lovely, Sam. Um, I had a very long, restful break. Got to see a lot of my family, which was awesome, um, as always. Um, I for like the first time in like six years we had like all of my siblings and my parents together, which is impossible. That's awesome. They're all my siblings are a lot older, like five, seven, and ten years older. So like having us all together doesn't happen as much because people live in different places and have you know jobs and you know are starting families. So um, got to see that. Um, my sister is pregnant. That's weird. Whoa. Um, uh, yeah. Are you gonna be an uncle? Uh, I'm actually gonna be an aunt. She's having a girl. <laughs> that's, that's how she announced me she said um because you know she told me that uh she's having a kid and then she was like um i have an announcement you're gonna be an aunt <laughs> so i thought that was really funny that's what i always tell people that's hilarious um got to see all of them uh got to see my grandparents and uh got to see all my cousins because over new year's we went to my cousin's wedding um yay will and alexis um i think he's listened to some episodes will actually. cosby yeah 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 um you've met him haven't you no oh okay he's been at my house so. when would i have met i don't know okay i don't know wait actually i met him over zoom when they over the summer when I was staying at your house and y'all had a family game night and oh! y'all were playing Wavelength and I kind of got like, your parents roped me into it a little bit even though I was like, I don't know these people. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Okay. Shout out Will and Alexis. Congrats on the wedding, guys. Um, but So that was super fun. But in terms of presents, because that's you know all that Christmas is really for. Exactly. Um, I, I did get... Holiday. Me and Sam, we can't talk about this, both got this, a same present without any discussion between our parents. <laughs> yeah. We both got... Do you think they collabed on that? 
They, they didn't. I asked my mom. We both got the Thanos Gauntlet Lego set, which is super cool. Oh, it's awesome. Um, there used to be one of them in a fellows classroom at Sanford, but it was stolen. Yeah. Um, but now we I, both have one. Not, not us. Uh, that awkward no, pause that afterward was not suspicious. meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. That was not like, oh, it was stolen. Like, we, we legitimately have nothing to do with that. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of pissed at whoever stole it. I'm upset it about it. And like, I don't have any classes in there. Yeah. It was like a landmark in that classroom. Yeah. And people would make the fingers do funny things. Yeah. I would always make it flip people off. It's <laughs> funny. Mine's sitting in my room at home doing that all the time. <laughs> but uh, my, my mom's just kind of like a little disappointed about that part. But so that, that was really cool. Lego set's really cool. Oh, and then, quick interjection yes. about my Thanos gauntlet Lego set, which pees my O. Oh, that pisses me off. That really grinds my gears. Mine did not come with all the pieces. How did I, that happen? I don't know. Like, Lego, you've been around for... I don't know, a long, long time. You're it's, sure it wasn't user error? It's like, I'm positive. I scoured the kitchen, which is where I was building it, and, like, I even went upstairs, like, in uh, the playroom in my house, we have, like, a closet that has just tubs upon tubs of, like, Lego pieces from, like, all the sets when I was a kid, and, like, I scoured through there, and there was not a single replacement piece. Like, literally did not have the necessary ingredients to build the recipe or whatever like so i went on the lego website and i filed a complaint and got an order for you are like such a dad sometimes. i am such a dad <laughs> dude i will straight up i'll call customer support i don't care uh i filed an order and they're sending me replacement pieces for free like they just do that like you can go That's awesome if you give them the number of your set and like tell them what pieces you're missing, they'll like ship it to you no charge. Could you lie? Yeah, that's that's one thing I thought about. I was like, there's surely there's a infinite Lego. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, surely they would catch on after like the fourth order. But like, if you pulled up like the instruction manual online, could you not technically make a bunch of like fake emails and slowly piece by feet like? Get ship of Theseus, like, assemble all the Legos. <laughs> ship of Theseus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that pissed me off. I couldn't even finish it. It's just sitting there at home with, like, 90% of it built. All the fingers are on there except for the thumb, I think. And the, like, pointer finger is, like, slightly off the hinge because it like it's not the right piece it's just the best replacement i had yeah and it has none of the stones so it's just oh that sucks yeah cuz the coolest part about the lego set is lego will sometimes do this where they kind of like make building the set a part of like the story it tells is with the gauntlet the last piece you put on are all the stones which is yeah. like, really cool to like do that cuz that's what he did that's what he did in the in the movie yeah the, they made a movie inevitable. about that actually he's inevitable um yeah so that was cool what else did you get i know there's a big one um, yeah, the biggest one I got was a VR headset. I got a Woo! MetaQuest 2, which is the most, like, head-up-your-own-butt name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's a it's a fun toy that I can play stupid games on, and it's, like, the MetaQuest 2. Like, the tagline's, like, experience oh. <laughs> a new reality or something stupid, probably. OGs remember it when it was the Oculus, the Oculus Quest 2 Quest. before Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is insanely cool. I've had plenty of time to play VR just because Sam had one, um, it has one right when we lived together, and like, I knew it was a ton of fun, and I knew how much I wanted it, and it is that like, I've spent most of my free time if I'm not like taking a nap, or like with people, I'm playing VR, um. Just because it's it, it's so fun and immersive, and just just cool. It is. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I really thought it would have worn worn thin on me a little bit. Just the gimmick, like, oh, okay, like I've got a computer on my face, and now I'm in like a alternate world or whatever. Yeah. But like, it really does never get old. I know I sound like a Mark Zuckerberg shill here, but like, every time I put it on. Like, when you first put on your Oculus headset, like, every time you turn it on, it loads you into, like, this virtual background that you choose, and it can be, like, a beach house or a ski lodge or, like, they had a Lord of the Rings one where you're in, like, a big mm -hmm. cave yeah. or something. Um, 
and it's like the coolest thing because you're just like, hey, that's not my house. I was standing in my house, and now I'm not. And the funniest part about all that is when you like you can play with your friends, and it uses like a Facebook avatar thing, mm-hmm. and basically it's like a Snapchat Bitmoji kind of. And when you play with your friends, their little character just loads into your house. So, like, Mitchell and I were trying to play Oculus games together over the break. And he just, like, a basically a Disney World mascot version of, of himself just shows up in my house <laughs> and starts doing Gangnam Style. And I, like, cried laughing because it was so weird. I think my favorite part, too, was, like, to move around because you don't have, like, freedom of movement within the metaverse where you can walk besides just like moving your hands and your head like you just like point and teleport to where you want to go mm-hmm. and so we're like teleporting behind each other like oh i'm over here now <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. the audio is like spinning around your head <laughs> yeah. like i would be looking through a text message or something and mitchell is like he's talking behind all of like it's like when you go to the movies and they do the surround sound like yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like going all around me. It was so funny. It's like a 4D experience. Yeah, and we played uh we played some games together. We played Beat Saber. Yes. And had some fun songs on there. Yeah. I think most people know what Beat Saber is at this point or at least heard of it, but it's basically like you have two lightsabers in your hands in VR and blocks come at you that are two different colors and you hit them to the beat of whatever song you're playing. And so most of the songs on the game are just like Beat Saber custom made songs. And like we talked about that, kind of the main downside is like there's not a lot of popular songs, but they do have DLC packs where you can like purchase like packs by like an artist or within a genre. And they have a rock one. And so nothing was a more ethereal first time experience than opening up Beat Saber and playing Freebird <laughs> in VR for the first time. And lights are flashing when you start playing the solo and you're like slamming your arms up and down in a way that like I just flap my arms like a bird in the studio, like an idiot. Yeah. Um, w- when no time. one can see it besides Sam, who knows what it looks like. Um, <laughs> but that's the nature of a podcast is you, n- you, n- you never remember that people only hear what you say. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the funniest part about Freebird is it's like, it's not necessarily the most difficult song. No. It's just a test of endurance. It is It is an endurance thing, because by the end, like, of course, you've listened to Freebird. The song only ramps up in intensity until the end, and then the five, the last five minutes or so of the song is just a marathon Which also solo. saying the last five minutes of a song is crazy, right? <laughs> most like, songs don't hit five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like 3.30. Yeah. But, but Freebird, it's like eight minutes and 38 seconds or something, and the solo starts at like 4.30, so... It's it's like over four minutes of just guitar solo. And so the equivalent of that in Beat Saber is you're just flailing your arms around as yeah. fuck's coming at you. Like, that doesn't sound that tough. I know we sound like a bunch of, like, nerds, like, <laughs> over the podcast. But, like, all right, you stand in your room and flap your arms for eight minutes straight and see how yeah okay you feel. I've been surprised by how consistently, like, exhausted I get after playing VR for yeah. a long period of time. Because you've got a computer strapped to your face. It's heavy. It is. It, in that sense, it is heavy, but, like, I, I come out sweating. Like, I play Beat Saber. I'm moving around. You have to, like, squat to dodge things. Like, you're yeah. essentially doing a, a a workout. Not, to like, to that same degree. They they have, thing. like, boxing classes in VR. Yeah, like, They I've have, like, exercise those. apps. And I think that stuff's so cool. The potential for VR is just, obviously, like, endless. It's insane. Yeah. But... I am happy to live in like the early stages where like it's just very simple gimmicky games. Yeah, I yeah. I do enjoy that. A game I've played the most is Super Hot, mm. which um, people probably may have heard of that as well. But Super Hot is a game that functions as like um, you're basically like you've got a the, the game is simple. Like you go through stages of levels where you have to kill the bad red guys. They're just like totally red, like crystalline figures, and they're gonna run at you, but they only move when you move. So like you control the flow of time, and it's very like, it gives you so it's many trip. matrix moments in VR. Yeah, because they'll shoot a bullet at you, but you can like slowly, like you can literally Neo in the Matrix, like lean back and dodge it, and it's like the coolest feeling yeah. ever. Even though you look like an idiot to anybody yeah. not in the game. Oh yeah, like that's the funniest part about VR is when you're in the headset, you feel like the coolest thing ever. Like you feel like a god. You do. And then to anybody else, you like. <laughs> 
we need to post some videos of it, but like you're standing there with half your face covered by this stupid white box and you're just kind of like flailing your arms like an idiot yeah. for we'll, minutes. We'll post it. videos of like ourselves or other people playing VR on our Instagram for that context. But like, especially with super hot, like so many VR games, it's really fun to watch people play because you get to kind of translate what they're doing physically to what's going on in the game. But super hot, like it's not entertaining at all because you're just watching someone like slowly and like <laughs> seemingly aimlessly like crawl around and like sway their body out of the way. And then like they feel so awesome and you're like, dude, like what you, are you doing? You, you look so stupid. And it's like, dude, no, I like punched this guy and caught his gun out of midair and shot another guy behind my back. And it was awesome. This is the equivalent of like, there's a little kid on the playground that's just like kind of pretending to be in slow motion. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> but they feel so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, totally. Trust me. I just dodged the bad guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a big one. I, uh, I got an electronic drum kit, which is cool because now I can like bring that to college and have drums with me to practice in that doesn't, like, ruin everyone else in a 20-foot radius's day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. More than 20 feet. Drums carry farther than that. Uh, yeah, like uh, 20 freaking miles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, one of the, like, best parts of Christmas wasn't even what I got. It was what my dad got. He got a record player for Christmas, which, like, for context, I've had one for a long time. My sister's had one for a long time. And he's wanted one like forever, but he just wanted us to have them, I guess. And he's thought about getting one forever, but like, just, I don't know. He just couldn't force himself to get one, I guess. I never really understood. And so he finally got a record player for Christmas and it was so awesome because he was like, he's like a 48 year old man. that's like a little kid that just got an Xbox and it was awesome. It was awesome. And he just like, he put it in his library, which Shout out to my dad for having a library in his that house. Is, like, that that's so cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, that's a thing from, like, Minecraft and fantasy novels. <laughs> um, they made books from Minecraft. <laughs> <the real thing>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun to see him get that. Um, I got a book about John Wick. A book about John Wick, like the movies. Yeah. Right. yeah. John Wick, the real guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wick. Um, yeah, so that was I, – I mean, I got a lot of other stuff, but that was just kind of the – the big one was I was mad about Thanos. I got I mean nobody wants to hear me talk about it. I got got the new God of War for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> and uh Mitchell got VR, which was honestly more of a gift to me because we could play that together now yeah. and it's the funniest thing. Um so what else did we Oh dude. Okay, we both got super into like a new product we had not known about before that now we're like all in. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I know where you're going with this. I just hold mouthed on, it at on. Mitchell because he was so lost. I have to make this interjection. I'm sorry. I've I've been like quiet for the past 20 seconds because I just thought of this. I have to do a shout out. Oh my oh my god. Oh yes, yes, okay, yes. So okay. So I'm gonna I can, I can pull up the stats live on on, on We'll RSS. do it live. But so we're doing it live. Um <laughs> Thanks, we Bill have um, like a few international listeners, right? That's that's just kind of that happens with these kinds of things. Someone in a random country will randomly get suggested like a podcast or whatever and listen to it. Like that happens. But here's the thing: it's more than that now. Club Sandwich not only has like yeah, sure, there's like four downloads from Singapore, like whatever that happens. But if I can get there fast enough, um, <laughs> he's very rapidly scrolling through our stats online. So Sam, yes, this is actually insane. If you had to guess, um, what is our third most <laughs> downloaded spot out of any city in the world? So number one is Birmingham. Fair, right? Of course. Stanford. Where we're located. Number two is just <clears throat> NA, United States. So I guess people that just aren't close enough to like a metro area to be counted within. Or that could be when they're you're driving and they can't like exactly pinpoint oh, okay. the city. Yeah. So unincorporated U.S. And then third, Brussels, Belgium. <laughs> 62 downloads from Brussels, Belgium. I don't think you heard that right. Brussels, Belgium. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone or anything about Belgium. Yes, I I know next to nothing about Belgium. But I know it's like the upside. Where they are. It's isn't their flag like upside down of Germany's colors? Sideways. It's Sideways. black, oh. yellow in the middle, and red on the right okay, side. Okay, yeah. So I know nothing about Belgium at all. Belgian listeners, if you're here. What's up? <laughs> like shout out Belgium. Um, 
if if you like follow us on Instagram, like DM us. Like I would love to like shout you out by like first name in the next episode. Like these are my Belgian boys, yeah, girls. Yeah, we'll we'll make Belgian boys a thing. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> that's a great the the club sandwich Belgian boys. But um, let me just I boys I feel is like just we're, a, a gender gender yeah, yeah, term. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're moving past this too quickly. Like I don't know if we've properly taken time to appreciate that. Our third highest listening area <laughs> is Belgium. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's <laughs> why? I, okay. Here's what other people have suggested to me. Maybe you had a friend study abroad. No. No one I know. No one in my fraternity that I know. It's same not a for thing. you. No. Like I, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who's ever been to Brussels. I've it's I have no never come Brussels. up in a conversation. And we have this genuinely. This is not like a flex. This is like what happened. I don't know how you got recommended the podcast or how there are sixty two downloads from from like Belgium. that's a lot. That, like that's that's a considerable amount. The way I relative to us, it, that is crazy. Yeah, like if that's that is a bare minimum, like three point one individual people downloading every single episode which is wild like yeah. and i've i've told this to like my parents and they don't understand i mean i don't understand but like <laughs> they think it's a scam like they're convinced because it's like not from anyone we know in the united states they're like well that's got to be a scam right and i'm like how is that scamming us they're downloading our episodes like they're only benefiting what us. are they gonna do <laughs> yeah like i, I mean not to, I don't want to like jinx ourselves or anything if it is a scam, but I mean, it seems to me this is only for our own benefit. Yes. Th- this is baffling to me. I really just, shout out to Belgium. I God bless. We would love to meet yeah. you. Send us some fan mail or something. Yeah. I mean, we've got listeners. They're pretty close to the heart of Brussels. Um, the heart of Brussels. Yeah, they're... <laughs> I, it gives you like a vague estimate of like where the downloads are. Oh, from. okay. Like just okay. like a thin like gray circle and like somewhere near like the major train station, in Brussels. So, <laughs> if we ever do like club out. sandwich on tour, once we cover the like continental United States, we'll go to. Brussels. We're going to Brussels. That's our that's our second stop. But. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, funny interjection yeah. over. Um, what we were getting to was right. as Sam mouthed to me is letterboxed, and Woo! this is something that in my experience has. People have been doing it for a while. People that really care about movies and films, but I'll explain what Letterboxd is. Yeah, I was about to say. Letterboxd is, um, the way I've heard it described, is social media for film nerds. Basically. Um, it's a place where you can upload reviews and ratings of, like, any movie, um, and then it just opens the floor for, like, potentially, like, discussing them, and you can, like, make lists of movies. Like, here's my list of, like, the best MCU movies and, like, star ratings for them from one to five. Right. And, like... You know, you can write out, like, a whole review about, like, what you think. And it's both just a fun to, like, make your own reviews and, like, have them documented somewhere in a very organized way. But it's also a ton of fun to read other people's views. Yes. And, like, yeah. see what your friends think about the movies that you love or hate or didn't feel anything about. And that's, yeah. You like, get a new side of things you wouldn't have otherwise. Exactly. Like, that's my favorite part about it is, like, it's it's fun for me to leave the reviews and, like, kind of cathartic. Like, it's a, I mean, just a sort of de-stressing thing just like oh i'll think of a movie and be like i haven't reviewed that yet and go like write a review for it. but the most fun part is like you said like seeing what other people say i have i think i'm only in contact with like eight people on letterboxd and they're all like close friends yeah, like one of them is you uh one of them is sam gould who wrote our intro song mm-hmm. for club sandwich um a couple fraternity brothers one professor we both had which he is yes. so entertaining. We uh, we won't name drop him yet. We're hoping to have him as a guest um, in the near future. Yeah. But uh, a professor that both Mitchell and I have had is on Letterboxd, and we both like friended him on there. And he has some of the funniest reviews I've ever seen on there. Yes. His entire review, like, for example, we have discovered he's a really big fan of Florence Pugh. Who isn't? I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. His uh, review of Black Widow was three out of five, or I think it was three out of five stars, and his only comment was Florence Pugh. And that was, like, a benefit. 
But then you've got, on the other hand, his review of Crazy Rich Asians, which was about four stars. His only comment is Aquafina, <laughs> which is hilarious which is because so real, <laughs> so real, because it's pretty obvious from that comment that she is Aquafina is the thing keeping that from being a five star movie, and I wholeheartedly agree. With I agree. That. I just I, I can't stand her voice. It's just grating to me. I have seen her in three things: The Bad Guys, Crazy Rich Asians, and Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. And she, like, actively lessens my view of those movies. Yeah. Like, other than the the bad guys is the only one where she's somewhat tolerable to me. Yeah. I I agree. This could be really bad if we get, like, famous in a couple years and try and have celebrity guests on there and they're, like, friends with Aquafina. (laughs) It's nothing personal. I just don't like her performances in these things. Yeah. You stuttered. Is it personal for you? I don't know. <laughs> You're still working. I, I mean, I haven't met her. She hasn't done anything to me, I don't think. But yeah, I don't know. Back to the point. I think <laughs> yeah. After this Aquafina tangent. Yeah, I think it's funny because Letterbox, like, you can take it as seriously as you want to or not. Exactly. Like, um, I, I, I do it in a way that like I try to be like extremely objective and like here's what i think like the quality of these movies are and some people it's just like i'm giving this movie five stars i know it's stupid i don't care i like the movie and right. so it just always opens the floor for like more kinds of discussions and analysis of things but like for example you can write a review that's like eight pages long i wrote a view for the movie midsummer that's like more work than i've put into some papers i've written in college. <laughs> right right and, or i can write a view for the movie pixels give it one and a half stars and say three points for kevin james being the president yeah and both are valid reviews <laughs> yeah <laughs> and honestly the thing i've discovered is like the the reviews that are just stupid like that are the ones that are more popular like it's a social media platform yes. so you can like other people's reviews and like the ones that get the most likes are those. I think yes. it's so funny seeing what other people deem to like review because I think you and I when you're when you're doing reviews on this app, you have the option to either just leave it a rating from 0 to 5 stars or you can do that and write out like comments. Mm-hmm. And I think for both of us, we almost always choose to like write out a full review for it and just explain it because that's the fun part. Like, I like seeing the reasoning behind things. But, like, for example, our friend Asher, who's, shout out Asher, guest on this show already, he has reviewed 467 films but has only written out comments for five of them. (laughs) And these five are Star Wars Episode Three, which he said the best movie of all time. I agree. Uh, it's not, but I agree. 310 to Yuma, he said the perfect Western movie. And then he's <laughs> he's reviewed two movies that aren't out yet, The Flash and Avatar 5, which he said just finished watching all five. Aang still has not shown up. Disappointing. <laughs> he gave it a one star. That movie comes out in 2028. And his final review is Mr. Mom from 1983, half star, only comment, if I could rate this movie zero stars, I would. <laughs> That's amazing. It's also, having Letterboxd has inspired me to go and watch more of, like, the best movies mm, ever. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I say that as if it's, like, an objective thing, but, like, the most commonly, like, regarded as the best movies ever. Yeah. Or I even mean, some of the most, like, popular movies ever. And so I've made it my goal is to watch... A movie a day is unrealistic. I thought I could do that. No yeah, way. No. I don't have two hours no, of free no. time every day. And some movies are like three hours long. And so I wanted to briefly go through. And if you have thoughts on these movies, you can talk back. It doesn't have to just be me talking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a list on there because you can like create a list of movies called The Movies I Watched for the First Time in 2023 containing The Movies I Watched for the First Time in 2023. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, I technically watched this one in 22, but... I wanted to include it. Um, No Country for Old Men is the first one to put on there. Amazing. Um, (laughs) Briefly, five stars. It has the most terrifying villain in any movie I've ever watched. It's about like a serial killer and this guy like trying to get away from him after he runs into a drug deal gone wrong. It's amazing. Um, Thoughts? I haven't seen it. That's that's awesome. Um, (laughs) I don't know what you wanted from me there. (laughs) um, You also probably haven't seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nope. That's Jim Carrey. Jim okay. Carrey's my favorite actor. That's a big sell. Um, I did not know that. I 
I would say he's my favorite actor because I've never disliked a performance he's ever had ever, and he's my favorite part of whatever movies he's in. The Truman Show is also one of my favorite movies. So yeah, I, I knew that. that. But I love Jim Carrey, and he's fantastic in this movie. Um, it's kind of like a a romance drama, kind of. Um, but the plot of the movie is these two people go through a breakup, and uh, the girl undergoes a procedure where she can have the memory of Joel erased from her mind. And so he finds out about that and tries to go through the same procedure, and it's about them like slowly forgetting about their relationship. Amazing movie. Um, another. These were both five stars for me. Um, third one, Whiplash. Oh, wow. Okay, there's one I can talk about. I was obligated to watch Whiplash because La La Land is my favorite movie, and this is directed by Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land, and it came out beforehand. I did not know those were the same director. Yeah. That is wildly different in terms of like... <laughs> but what's in common is they're both about like jazz music. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird common thread to have as a director. <laughs> Is jazz music, and they're both taken in Just like big jazz guy inverse directions in the two movies. Yeah, while La La Land is like a tragic romance, Whiplash is just tragic. <laughs> I don't even know how to like to give this movie a genre. I mean, I guess it's a drama. Yeah, but yeah, it, it follows um, Miles Teller, who we you know we love. Shout um, out Miles Teller, pre mustache, um, <laughs> playing uh, what's his name? Neiman is his last name. Yeah, yeah, um, and he's like an aspiring drummer. And at like the top jazz school in the country. Yeah. Um, and um, this uh, music professor uh, or director, I don't know what you'd call him, but uh, Andrew Fletcher, played by J.K. Simmons, oh. um, like sees him playing and he's like, I want you in on like my band. And it's just him just being brutal uh, to like try and force him to be better through being just a total violent jerk to him like, the entire movie. J.K. Simmons in this movie is like the worst person yes. just full stop i mean yeah they're like i would consider him scarier than like thanos oh yeah or like i mean like anyone he I, is i've never horrible. been as actively afraid of an antagonist in a movie and he never physically harms anyone in the movie he gets, what i remember but the thing is he gets so close like he throws a drum symbol at somebody's head he does like he he is he is fantastic. It is one of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie, if not one of the best ever. Like, J.K. Simmons, this is the guy who also plays Omni-Man in Invincible, who's like evil Superman. And I'm more scared of him here as Angel Fletcher than yeah. I am as like an all-powerful superhero. Yeah, and Omni-Man is like Superman, but like evil. Yeah. And killing people all the time. And what I don't want to lessen is how amazing Miles Teller's performance in this movie is too. He is so inspiring and the movie tells a beautiful story about how do you blend like trying to be the best with still like being a human being, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really, really well done movie. That was another right. five star. So I started off with three movies that I considered five stars. Yeah. Um, another movie that I gave four and a half. It is extremely close to that is get out. Have you seen Get Out? I haven't seen Get Out. I, I know I need to. I had seen it until just now. Um, since you haven't, I won't talk about it too much. But I thought it was fantastic. Um, I love the directing style um, by, of course, Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele of right? Key and, yeah. Which is so funny that that dude went from, like... Comedy skets, yeah, sketches to yeah, this. Yeah. Went from the guy who, like, helped write A.A. Ron <laughs> to being, like, one of the most revered yeah. horror directors. To writing of, a like, horror thriller movie yeah. about racism. Like, yeah. Wow, <laughs> what a turnaround! <laughs> and Get Out, Get Out is absolutely phenomenal. I think it's one of those movies that like everyone needs to see. I'm not saying it's like it's not perfect by any means, but it's the kind of movie I'd recommend anyone seeing because yeah. it's it's really well done. Um, and it's watching it is like a trip as you go through like what's happening in the movie. Um, yeah, I watched it with me, Elle, my parents watched it, and. My mom, halfway through it, was like, this is not what I thought this movie would be. Because it's, it's essentially a horror movie. Right. Not in a traditional way, but she's like, More I like thought it was just going to be... My mom thought it would be funny. Because there's oh. like the kind of the joke that in like horror movies, it's always the black guy that's like, nope, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not oh, doing this. Oh, yeah. And yeah. my mom thought it would be like that. <laughs> like, oh, get no. out. <laughs> she thought it was going to be like scary movie. Yeah. Or like, oh, God. I don't know if she was expecting like Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. Like, <laughs> it's 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 not that at all. Um, but it's it's very well done. Yeah. Um, I only have a few more. Um, <laughs> this one, have you seen Puss in Boots? Six hours late there. No, I'm going to dude, see it tomorrow. Dude, 
Oh my gosh. I, I could talk about this movie for 10 years. When I first, I've seen it twice now. When I first saw, you saw it. saw it twice? I've seen it twice. I went and saw it um, again uh, with L for our six month anniversary. We went and saw Puss in Boots. Um, How romantic. But it is, it is phenomenal. I can't express in every way this movie is amazing when it doesn't deserve to be. It's a Shrek spinoff. Okay, sequel. okay, hold on. That's where I disagree. I've heard a lot of people say it doesn't deserve to be, and uh-huh. my question is why? The it's, only- a, it's a DreamWorks movie told in like the Spider-Verse animation style. Why are people expecting it to be bad? Here's, here's what I have to say about that in response is I say that from the perspective of it is a sequel to a Shrek spinoff. I didn't expect its ways to exceed to be in like a dramatic story and beautiful animation. Hmm. Because Shrek movies are mostly comedies. They have dramatic right. aspects to them, but pe- they're mostly revered for their for the comedic aspects. And it has such a different tone than other Shrek movies. Um, I saw the first Puss in Boots like once, and it's not very good. <laughs> but this movie goes a totally different direction. All the characters are like tuned up and redesigned in different ways. The art style is beautiful. It's a mix of, and sometimes the background it has this almost like painted effect mm-hmm. and then there's the mix of that spider-verse style where right. like some of the characters kind of move in like very cut frames mm-hmm. um it's very spunky and everything feels um like each frame is individually crafted it is just a beautiful movie to watch and it has maybe the coolest animated villain ever in uh the wolf who is just so cool i mean he just has his entrance at the movie where it's one of the most like terrifying like villain entrance scenes ever. You can look yeah. it up on YouTube if you want to or if you've no, seen the movie. No but. spoilers. I still have to see this movie. I won't spoil it. It's phenomenal. I bumped it up from four and a half to five because like any problems I have no longer exist. This movie's perfect. Um, and I, <laughs> Attaboy. I stand by that. I don't want people to think I give every movie I like five stars. I just so happen to watch a lot of movies I love. Yeah. That, well, that's the thing that I th- I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast or not. Like I'm looking at my profile and there's like a big you can see how many ratings, like, out of five stars, you could see how many movies people give mm-hmm. each one. Like, yeah. you could see how many four-star movies they've reviewed or, yes. like, how many two and a half. And, like, my profile, there's very much a definite trend that, like, the higher the rating, the more movies fall into that category. Because I just, I like things. Like, I think I've realized the reason at the end of the day I couldn't be like a professional critic of anything is because I like things too much. Mm-hmm. Like, I will appreciate a super fancy, like just gourmet New York steak just as much. Well, not just as much, but like I'll appreciate that. But at the same time, I'll go to Wendy's and get a four for four and be like, dang, that was. Yeah. Mm, compliments to the chef. Yeah. And I think it just kind of depends on how you want to determine what five stars is. Like, right. sure, this movie wasn't the most enthralling drama that like emotionally shook me, but if the movie just blows you away with how beautiful and funny it is, why is that not worth five stars? Exactly. So, and it's also yeah. it's also very funny to see like when you're looking on somebody's profile on Letterboxd, it's very easy to tell what's like an objective five star and what's a personal mm-hmm. because like. I'll go through my profile and I have five stars for like almost famous. I will stand by this. That is one of the greatest movies ever made and one of the greatest stories ever told. I want everyone to watch this movie. It's about like a rock and roll journalist who gets to go on tour with the band Mm -hmm. and like he just lives the rock and roll lifestyle for a little bit and it all comes crashing down at the end. And I mean, it is beautiful. It is seriously one of the greatest movies ever made. And then, like, right next to it, I've got Mamma Mia 2 where it says, Hell yeah! <laughs> and that's my only review of it. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. I have this pulled up. So um, Letterboxd has, this is my last thing I'll say about Puss in Boots, is they have a, a list of the top 250 rated um, narrative features where it's their top 250 as they've been rated on the app, like the average score. Right. right? So the highest thing is at, like, 4.4, 4.5. And like the bottom of the list is like um like the 4.2s on an average on a star rating. Mm-hmm. Puss in Boots the Last Wish is number 231. Whoa. That is higher than um what you can see on this list. Uh Pixar's Coco, Pixar's Ratatouille, Saving Private Ryan, um <laughs> Little Women, Citizen Kane. Oh my god. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um yeah, and it, it's that right behind hilarious. um 
Oh man, what? It's right behind Inception. Oh my god. The Truman Show. Um Paddington 2. Well, Django Unchained. Oh my gosh. Like it is being regarded in the same league of these movies. Back to the Future. Paddington Get 2 out. is one of the highest rated movies of all time. Yes. It's it's That's why I mentioned it unironically because yeah, I know it's regarded. It's the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes they have ever given. Yeah. That is hilarious. To I've me. never seen it. I haven't either, but I feel like I have to. It was also they talked about Paddington 2 in the Nicolas Cage movie. The unbearable weight of massive yeah, talent. Yeah, I need to see that. Such a good movie, dude. Um, yeah, it's we we could honestly. I was about to say we could talk about movies forever. We probably will. There will probably be more episodes <laughs> where we just talk about those yeah. because we like this app has gotten us to like. I think about movies and what I think of them way more now. Like mm-hmm. besides just going back and like retroactively going through movie like. For example, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, terrible movie. Yes. Like, terrible spinoff, and it was, like, 2017 or something, and, like, I just remembered one day, I was like, oh, I've seen that, I'll go review it. Like, there's those, but also, like, being more aware of, like, movies that I go see now, since getting the app, every movie that I've seen, I have, like, been way more, put more thought into it, you know? And, like... I am actively thinking, like, all right, what's going to go on the Letterboxd review? What's yeah. done with this? I, and there's nothing wrong with just kind of junk food enjoying movies, but right. there's an added layer of fun and, like, takeaways you can have from a movie when you view it with this very critical view. I honestly think it makes me appreciate it more yeah. when I think about why I like something as opposed to just being like, oh, okay, that was cool. I'll think yeah. about, like, okay, what did I like about the art direction? What did I like about the music? What did I like about the acting? Like... It, it makes me appreciate things more and feel more validated for not liking something. Yeah. Um, for those curious, the number one of these movies on Letterboxd is Come and See, which is a 1985 Russian film. I haven't huh. seen it. Um, you should probably come and see it. Number two. Wow. Number two is Parasite, which deserves it. Wow. Have you seen Parasite? No. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Um, it's a South Korean film. Um Really, really good. I think that sentence right there is the biggest proof of how we're becoming movie nerds is you just referred to it as a film. Yes. We're, we're getting pretentious now. <laughs> Using the word film is pretentious, and it, it is, it's kind of like gatekeeping. Mm, I'm going to go to see a film today. <laughs> some movies, it's like, this is beyond a movie. Like, this is a film. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel about Parasite. Up there is also... Man, I don't know if I got to talk about this on the podcast. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, boy. Oh here we go. God, dude. Here I, we go. I could talk about it for 80 years. I know. My favorite movies ever. You have talked about it for 80 years to me. I'll briefly clear up the end of this list. and then Mitchell we... texted me about it probably 100 times over the break. And you need to see it. I, I will. I, I have will. it on my YouTube. I can give you my YouTube login, and you can watch the movie. All right. Well, um, I'll once briefly this cover these last big th- singing, dancing thing that we're a part of is over, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, Midsummer. I won't talk about it that long. I understand why people really love this movie. I understand people who really hate this movie. <laughs> I feel a lot of both, so I fall somewhere like directly in the middle on how I'd rate it. Um, I gave it two and a half stars. That doesn't mean I think this movie is two and a half stars. It's just like, I love some things about this movie. I really hate some things about this movie. <laughs> um, Those two don't have to cancel out. If you want all my thoughts about it, this is your invitation to read my letterbox review. I literally wrote like eight pages on it. Um, What's your username on Letterbox, just so people can find you? Sam, it's Michelania, spelled like my Instagram, M-I-C-H-A-L-A-Y-N-I-A. Are you Sam Allen 42 on there? I think I'm, yeah, I am. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I assume that's your username on most things. Yeah, um, that's fair. There's no, okay, I'm making sure there's no one outside the studio. <laughs> he was doing a little peaky. My last one oh that I also, four and a half stars I gave for it, is the Dead Poets Society. Oh, um, dude. It's actually just yeah. called Dead Poets Society. Not yeah. That. But you had never fantastic. seen that before? I hadn't. Oh. And I will tell you, I I've thought about being a teacher like a lot as like my career path. This movie's like when I say I want to be a teacher, this is what I mean. I want to be John Keating, Robin Williams in this movie. He's he's fantastic. It is an incredibly well done movie that just beautifully captures the spirit of like what education should look like and what it's supposed to be and the value of what the value of learning can be um but anyway that was my the movies of this year oh real quick because you can also sort on your profile by lowest reviewed oh that would be fun what 
like, may I ask, do you have on there as your like lowest reviewed movie? Okay, we can balance just, this out. We can conclude after this with our like our top four and briefly mention oh those. yeah there is an option on letterbox profiles where you can display like your top four movies or whatever mm -hmm. i don't know why four that does that seem weird to you it is weird i don't know okay yeah you can display your top four so we can go through those after by um, um my lowest first rating yeah i okay. could tell you i could tell you mine my lowest reviewed movie on uh i have a few um, Thor The Dark World, which is <laughs> just rated a half star, and I said, boo, this is the bad Marvel movie, boo. Uh, then Aragon, worst <sighs> book-to-movie adaptation of oh all time. Oh, my God. Suck. Uh, and then the 2016 all-female Ghostbusters, which I know that sounds bad, but trust me, go watch the movie, you'll understand. I said the one redeeming quality of this movie was making Chris Hemsworth a himbo. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> Poetry. Mine are... I have five of them. Um, the 2019 Lion King. Oh, <laughs> Here's the valid, funny part about valid. this review. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate... I just, no, I'm with you. Conceptually, terrible. I, I just hate Disney's quote-unquote live-action CGI redoings of animated movies. It's, it's horrible. It's lazy. None of the movies have ever added anything to the value of the previous months. They're, they're all worse. They all like, suck. They're all worse. There's it'd be no one way. thing if they were on par, but they're all actively worse. No, they're than all the just horrible cash on. grabs, and they're disgusting. Um, up here also is The Duff. I have never seen The Duff. We we watched it with some of our friends, and it's just... I did, I did My review is... All caps. Ha ha ha. Oh my god. They released this as a movie in 2015. That's what it says. <laughs> um, I, I thought I'd always heard it was like some cult classic, though. No, it's bad. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> that settles uh, that, I suppose. It, it's bad. Okay. Um, the only th good thing about it is it sometimes recognizes how stupid it is. Well, um, that's okay. Also, the kissing booth. Um, oh, that's valid. Haven't I, seen it, but I just, I understand. Um, Aragon. For those who don't know, the Aragon book series is my favorite of all time, and mm. this movie adaptation is my least favorite movie of it's all time. It's so bad, Everything about dude. it is horrible. If you have... It told, like, one-third of the story. Yeah. If you have qualms with... If you're a big Harry Potter fan, if you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, if you're a big Hunger Games fan, and you have problems with, like, the movie adaptations of those, this one does every sin of those, that, and then 20 times more, and invents yeah. new sins for a movie adaptation of a book. It, it's everything bad I, about a movie adaptation. Like, I saw it when I was a little kid, because, like, I, I read those books and loved them, even though everybody at my school called them Aragon. <sighs> Because like dragon, but it's 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 Aragon. Yeah, or they'd uh, say Aragorn. No, uh, it's not no. Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, it's with an e. And I watched it, and that I will say that was one of the first times I ever remember seeing a movie and little kid Sam being like, "Wow, that was actually bad." Like I did not have a good time. Mm -hmm. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> And this will be my last one half star review. This one is more so of a personal matter than an objective one, and it's Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm -hmm. um, good to see we both have a Thor movie on this. Um, <laughs> I'll briefly read my review. I hate you. I wanted this movie to be everything. As a huge fan of both Ragnarok and the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I expected so much. This movie delivered on nothing. It does nothing good that Ragnarok did. Is it funny? Almost never. Is it a good story? No. Does it give any screen time to its best character, Christian Bale's gore? No. Gosh, it just sucks. It's like Taika Waititi wanted to make a bad movie so Disney wouldn't let him make any more movies. This film is truly what any Marvel hater paints every Marvel film as. Ugh. Um, wow. My feelings negatively, negatively towards this movie, thank you, have only grown stronger. <laughs> have only grown stronger since. Mitchell pushed that button himself. <laughs> since we watched it. Um, Sam... Tell me what your four favorites are briefly. Yeah, okay, on the profile, we'll wrap this episode up here. But on my profile, my top four movies... Read your bio first. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My bio, my profile picture is Lightning McQueen Crocs. <laughs> like it is, it's the, really funny. The funny little shoes. Uh, they're Lightning McQueen themed. My bio says, I know I watch a lot of children's animated movies, period. I do not care, period. They are good, period. And then my top four movies in order are Cars, The Bad Guys, How to Train Your Dragon 3, and The Lego Movie. Yeah. Which, like, I stand by it. I love all of those movies. Those are my favorite movies. Like, that's truth. Yeah. I. It's just sometimes I feel weird because, like, I'm trying to take reviews seriously and, like, leave meaningful reviews of some movies mm -hmm. and talk about, like, here's why I think objectively this aspect is good or, like, why this is bad. 
and it's just hard to take me seriously when you see like those four movies in a row, especially because yeah. like everyone I have on that that has like like all of my friends on Letterboxd, their top four will have like the Batman. The Batman, the or Knight. like the, the Truman Show, or everything, everywhere, all at once, like mm-hmm. serious things. I just like I stand by it. I like what I like. I'm more passionate about uh, animated movies than any other like medium. Yeah, but I feel a little silly. Yeah, no, I. You can't blame someone like you don't choose what your favorite movies are. Like if something strikes you that way, you'd be lying if you said otherwise. So right, right. My top four are. La La Land, I've talked about before. Um, Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, which I just mentioned. Um, I love it in a very similar way to La La Land. It hit me in that way. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, just one of the most creative movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And then Before Sunrise, um, which is a like, romance movie from 1995 with Ethan Hawke in it before he was oh, wow. the bad guy in Moon Knight. <laughs> okay. that Yes, that his most famous role. <laughs> of course. Um yeah, and my bio just says I talk more about my movie about movies on my podcast Club Sandwich. Nice. Um, so, oh, I will say I do include a link in my bio to our link tree. Yes, yes. Um, everyone should do that. Linktr.ee/slash Club Sandwich. Thanks. The listeners definitely don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't know where to find us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that is a great episode. Um, I don't have anything much else to add. I'm looking forward to. Our first episode going up, which we will record after this, but we can't post it because it has spoilers for a thing we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you will be listening to this a bit after Step Saying, so I hope one of us won. <laughs> I sure do as well. I hope, actually, I hope neither of us win. Okay. So that the other one won't be upset. That, I guess, would be a better outcome for our career. Yeah, it would. I would be <laughs> <laughs> professionally. Um, Yeah, well, as always, I'm Sam. I'm Mitch. And thank you for listening to another episode of Club Sandwich. Especially if you're from Belgium. (laughs) 